You're listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, The Running Public. The Running Public is brought to you exclusively by VJ Shoes. My ratio of choice, Kirk's ratio of choice. If you're heading off trail, this is the shoe you want on your foot. Right now, discount code RUNNINGPUB40 will get you $40 off the VJ Shoe Zero. This is a 20 carbide tipped winter running and racing beast. Go to VJShoesUSA.com and use it today. This is the Running Public's Training Tuesday. Training Tuesday is where we talk about training only. One topic, we dive deep, we explore it completely. It's training, it's Tuesday. Training Tuesday. Tuesday. We have our super fast guest, Carrie Tollison, with us, and we're going to dive a little bit more into her training uh, back in her Olympic days and uh, and maybe even today. So, Carrie, thanks for uh, hanging with us. Thanks for having me. Bracken, what's your first burning question for Carrie in regards to her training? Well, Kirk, you and I have like our cemented, maybe not cemented, soft cement of what we believe to be our training philosophy. And we obviously pull from a lot of people and it evolves over time. It's not exactly what I believed five years ago, but the core tenants kind of remain the same. I'm curious in knowing Carrie, like you're trapped in an elevator with me for like 20 floors. By the time we get to the top, convince me what is important for endurance athletes. Oh, well, good question. Um, You know, as an athlete, I was a 1500 meter 5k runner. And I didn't quite see necessarily the benefit of the long run back in the day, even though I did them. And now I really see it as I get older, how important the long run is and having that strength. But, you know, doing the intervals, the short workouts, the ladders, those really are what make you fast. And I really believe that, you know, doing those long kind of VO2 max workouts. So those are those workouts that are maybe um, two to four minutes, maybe six minutes of intervals. But at that 5K pace, that was the hard stuff for me. And it really got me fit. You know, the shorter stuff I did later in the season to really kind of get that zip in my legs. But um, yeah, a little long run here and there, once a week, maybe once every 10 days, definitely a long session of long intervals and some short sprints. Those three things are really key for an athlete to become really good at the 1500 and the 5K. Well, Bracken and I talk and it's, you know, strength is sort of the foundation of speed, isn't it? And yep. you can look at that like longer effort stuff as laying a base to your pyramid. And the the more you bank with some of those longer efforts, the broader your base to your pyramid, the higher your pyramid can be can be built ultimately. Sounds like maybe you realized a little bit of a, a case of that, so to speak. Exactly. You know, when we started, we would kind of always start our year in the fall because we were always you know, the big peak time for us as track athletes were, you know, July and August, even September for the Olympic years. So in the fall, we would be doing a lot of thousand meter repeats, one mile, one mile repeats, um, even up to two mile repeats. So really kind of, like you said, laying that foundation, really building the base. And then as the year went on, then we really started to focus on speed. Now we would do speed training in the fall when we were really building that foundation, we would do hills, We would do a bunch of 200s, so it might be 24 200s rather than six all-out 200s like we would do later in the year. But, you know, we always touched on every system. 
And I do think that still as an athlete now, as I get towards, you know, later in life and I'm a master's athlete now, we still need to make sure we touch on those different systems in order to keep those muscles, you know, healthy and firing. Yeah, I like that. I'm a big believer in in hitting multiple paces year round. And and you're right that you can you can race well sharpening off big base. Yep. Seems to me that every great 10K runner can crack off a great mile, but not every great miler an 800 per athlete can can extend up and run a great 10K. And there's some power to that speed stamina. There is a lot of power in that. And I think that that's the interesting thing. Now you're seeing more of the 800 meter runners jumping in a 5K early on in the, in the year. You know, Brenda Martinez, for instance, if you guys know Brenda. Big fan of Brenda. Yeah, she's a sub two minute. Her coach is coach Joe Vigil, who is a famous coach at the D3 level, but now is at the professional level as well. And, you know, he is one to always have his athletes do different things. Mix it up. Get your brain thinking of different things. Your body will follow suit. And so you'll see her run a really good 5K, but then really focus on the 8 and the 15 during the season. She's a great example of that. I remember watching her run Carlsbad and thinking, this girl is 157 and she's out here yep. running 1540 on the roads. That's awesome. And 15-mile long runs. You know, she's not just doing 8 or 10-mile long runs. She's doing what most 5K athletes are doing. So, yeah, there's something to it. When you talk about the long run, would you say, and the importance of it, would you describe it when you are racing, which is ultimately all that matters, um, that it's just the ability to stay, like it would be stay power at like your, at your top speed, or how would you describe how you feel that benefit oh, when you're racing? When I'm racing, I mean, I don't, you know, that was the thing. Like, I think the, the long run for me, I, I kind of didn't really understand early on in my career how beneficial it was. But I think learning how to be out there on your feet, just really using that system of being out on the roads for a long time is what kind of translated to the, the shorter distances for me. And it also built the endurance to allow me to do those hard workouts that were the longer ones. So it's there's always some reason, and you both know more the physiological reasons why we want to do that stuff. Me just being the athlete that I was, I knew I needed it to help me build on those mile repeats, those thousands, those long ladders that I did in order to make me be a better miler. And it really worked. I would have to say my best years during the mile in the 1500 were when I was really focusing more on the 5k and the 10k. Okay. And now if you had to lay out I feel like a 5K is a good measure of fitness. I have a lot of my athletes 5K time trial. I think it's a decent standard in any, you know, in any distance you're training for, people go back to how fast their 5K currently is. Mm -hmm. You've done a lot of training for the 5K. So if you had to set up like an ideal week, just to help somebody understand how their training week should look like if your goal is to get faster to 5K, walk me through like your Monday through Sunday. What would that look like if you had just a random athlete, one shot, one week, get, lay it out. So there's two athletes I think that I have been like the athlete I am today can't do what I used to be able to do. And even at a slower pace, I just, my body wouldn't be able to put up with it. So when I was in my early thirties and in my twenties, I would do Monday long intervals, Thursday, short intervals and Saturday long run or race and then long run Sunday. So I would have three to four quality days in my week. Um, sometimes I even had a fifth where it was sort of at like, 75%, I would do kind of a sub threshold, I called it. So just a little bit under threshold pace, I would do a, a, a medium long run. Um, now the athlete that I am today, so mother working, you know, 40, 50 hour weeks, um, traveling, 
trying to run, you know, a third of what I used to run, I can maybe do one workout a week. And then I do one workout within my long run. So I'll have two quality days, but I can't run every single day anymore. I, or I maybe could, but I think I'd get hurt. I've been, knock on what I hate to even say this out loud, but I've been injury free for many years. And I think it's because I'm not afraid to take days off when things hurt. And I'm not afraid to take extra rest days after a hard session. So I do think there's two kinds of athletes that I've been, the Olympic athlete and now, you know, maybe more like the regular runner. And the regular runner has to be really careful. And I think you still do maybe more of those, those thousands, those miles, those ladders, not so much of the all-out sprints and on one day, and then you do something within your long run. And then if you can do some hill repeats, I really like hill repeats for everybody. It's funny, you're uh, Bracken and I share almost a similar philosophy, don't we? Mm -hmm. I would say it's we typically would do like a a more intense Tuesday. I would say if we were going to set it up a Tuesday quality day, and that can vary on what it is. And then Saturday, I'd say more often than not, mixing in quality efforts inside of the long runs yeah. very common for us to do. I think it's a little more sustainable long term. Instead of uh, potentially one peaking too soon, two burning out, three injury prevention, um, isn't that about how you break you you set up your week bracket at times? Yeah, when I'm when I'm running volume of any sort, I'm a two workout a week kind of person. But I do love like both of you. I love hiding, sneaking that quality session in the middle of a long run. Yeah, I think you're killing two birds with one stone, and again, staying power. There's something to that. That's last third of the long run when your quality is mostly done, is there's something magical about that. Yeah. And I shouldn't say, I would probably say this is my week now is I would do a workout maybe on Monday or Tuesday. And my long runs sometimes are Thursdays and Fridays because I can get a sitter mm -hmm. and then I can let my husband go Saturday morning a little bit longer. So I, I don't necessarily do a Monday workout and then wait till Saturday for the long run and then come right back again Monday for a workout. I usually have three days in between a workout in a long run always. That's something I've noticed is I have to treat my long run like like a speed session. Mm -hmm. I have to have minimum of 48 hour recovery afterwards because, mm -hmm. and I think maybe that's part of coming from a middle distance background with a higher, uh, just more fast twitch in my yeah. system that long runs damage me like long intervals do. I always have a day off now after a long run. It's like my treat. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, I did a long run. I don't have to do anything the next day. And I love that. Can we dive into, actually, I'd like to dive into the quality long run, let's call it. Do you have some examples of, of what you would like to throw into the middle of a long run, workout yeah. specific? So my coach, Dennis Barker, who I, he hasn't really been coaching me anymore, but I always ask for advice. He was my coach throughout my professional career. He has the famous 15, 10, 10, 5. And that I think is good for anyone, no matter what pace you're at. So we would do 15 minutes. And usually it was at threshold pace when I was really fit. Now it might be a little bit over threshold, closer to half marathon pace. I always think of threshold as like in between your 10K and 10 mile pace. Um, so like race pace. Um, so I do the 15 minutes at a little over threshold now. Then you have five minute recovery, 10 minutes at threshold pace, five minute recovery, 10 minutes at threshold, five minute recovery five minutes at threshold, five minute recovery. So to repeat that, it's the 15, 10, 10, five, all with five minute recovery. And so you're just kind of pressing the pedal, taking it off, pressing the pedal, taking it off, but you're hitting different paces. And typically you're hitting a pretty good pace within that, 
that 13, 14 mile long run. And um, what are you doing on the, on the five minutes easy? Are you just shooting for recovery while moving or are you trying to keep an honest aerobic pace? So I don't run very many miles anymore, you guys. So I run pretty much everything right around, right around marathon pace or maybe 30 seconds slower. Um, and I'm a, you know, three hour marathoner roughly. Um, and so I don't do a, I, I'm more quality than, you know, quantity now. And so I do run pretty hard. Um, uh, so I would say the warm up, my, my recovery minutes and my cool down are all right around my marathon pace, if not just a little slower. So you're not dogging these off sections. I don't dog, I don't dog anything yep. anymore, <laughs> to be honest. I don't dog, I don't run enough to dog. So I run about five days on average but I run everything right around 6.30 to seven minute pace and 6.30 pace right now is my marathon pace. When did you adopt that uh, sort of, I'm just gonna go and get after it every time sort of philosophy because we had our last guest as uh, a three time Spartan world champ, Hobie Call, he's also about to be 43. Nice. And he's a 216 marathoner. And he's a 216 marathoner, mm -hmm. yeah. And he, now he's like, hey, when I run, I run. Mm -hmm. Like when I, if I'm putting time on my feet, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it count. So it's just interesting that you both are sort of veered towards that that style so he's done competing now, he did this the last five years of his competitive career too he dropped down he used to be a 90 mile a week guy now he's yeah. a 18 mile a week everything 10k pace or faster so that's really pretty close to not i'm not 10k i like i said i'm a marathon pace type of girl i'll run my 20 minuters at 10k pace um i think <laughs> i can't <laughs> that sounds painful <laughs> i just yeah I just can't, um, I just don't like to really go slow. I don't have the time. My mind is racing with a thousand things that I have to do all the time. So when I go run, whether it's a 20 minute or an hour and a half, I always feel like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do at home. Like I got to get this thing done. So I think it really has started since I've been so busy with life away from being an athlete. But I think that when I run five days a week and I'm diligent about taking time off, that's why my body can handle it. I couldn't handle this kind of pace when I was running 80 miles a week, I would break down. Right. So I think it is that, you know, shorter or, you know, lower miles, you can handle the faster pace more times a week. And, and he probably isn't running then every day if he's only doing 18 miles a week. So he's, he's getting after it. Like I am those days that you actually put the time and energy into it. Interesting. Okay. So your lifelong career, favorite workout and maybe this is the workout you prescribe most often to athletes maybe this is the one like if you could do one bang for your buck workout what's your favorite workout just describe it in detail the mile breakdown i don't know if you guys have heard of that but this it's 1600 1200 800 400 4 by 200 i do it all the time on the treadmill it's super fun um on the treadmill it's not as easy to do 1600 1200 you know it's not laps around a track so i'll do like Maybe it's six minutes, five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, you know, just coming down in intervals, but keeping the pace as fast, if not faster than the previous interval. So I usually, when I was competing, I would try to hit the mile pace of my 5k in that mile. And then I would try to go to 3k pace down to 800 meter pace by the 200s. That's nasty workout. So it is. Oh Yeah. What's your recovery on those reps? Recovery on the like the long three, so the mile, the twelve, and the eight were anywhere from two to three minutes, and then the shorter ones were one to two minutes. 
So still not crazy long rest. No, not. And I, when I'm on the treadmill, it's really, it's no more than half the amount of the interval. So if I do six minutes, I might do three minute, you know, recovery, five minutes, I might do two and a half. Um, just making it simple for those of you that aren't like, you know, Bracken and Kirk and I who have done these workouts forever. Usually if we're doing a longer workout, you shouldn't take more than half the amount of that workout for recovery or for that interval, excuse me, for the recovery. So that's an yep. easy way for you guys to build workouts yourself. Now, if you're doing one minute on one minute off, you have full recovery or as much of the interval. So that minute should be pretty hard. Are you, when you say recovery, are you, so if that ladder, the mile 12, eight, four, two, two, um, are you taking full rest where you're actually not running or are you always jogging for your recovery? Yeah. I usually always jog. I mean, I know always that jog. that doesn't happen for everyone. If you're a walk runner, I would say walk and then run the intervals, walk the recovery. But for me, I would basically sprint those intervals. So I would jog the recovery. What you're trying to do is get your heart rate to fall. And the fun thing is, is after you've been doing your, your workouts and you're getting, you know, three, four five months into this training period, you won't need as much recovery. So, or your heart rate drops faster so you can go again quicker. So it's, it's pretty interesting and it's fun once you get scientific with it. That's, that's a cool workout. So you would go a mile at 5k. Mm -hmm. Three minutes up or under off, yep. and then twelve hundred again at five k or five k, maybe even hitting closer to three k pace. So I'm trying to get maintain that pace, if not get faster. Okay, and then eight, three k or faster, and then the four and the two hundreds were always at mile or eight hundred meter pace. I like that. You're gonna go try it, aren't you? Eventually. <laughs> It goes by fast. Was this a workout prescribed even back uh, when you were training for the like the, the 5K in 2004? I've actually done that workout since high school. And I can remember running like 520 for the mile in high school when I, my, I was just running under five minutes in races. But thinking if I can run 520 in practice, you know, I should be able to run pretty fast in races. So like learning as an even an eighth or ninth grader how to do that workout was really fun. And then I, as I got older, I think the fastest I ever did it was like a 443 mile. I started that workout off and then got down to like under 220 for the 800. And that's spicy. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was a good day. Not happening now. <laughs> if you were to, if you were to run that workout tomorrow, give it to us, where would you be I at? probably would start the mile and I'd probably be on the treadmill. So I'd probably try to run a six minute mile or maybe just a little bit under but not much like 555 maybe you know um and then i would try to probably i'd have to maintain that pace i wouldn't get much faster until probably the 800. i actually did a similar workout yesterday i'm, I'm racing saturday so i wanted something a little quick but with decent recovery yeah so i went i actually did a, a duel I, I i combined the workout with a shoe test we had a lot of ice and snow yesterday so i went outside in some studded shoes um Ooh. that i'm training in that I wanted to break in and I ran a hard mile on the road and then came in on the treadmill and went thousand thousand eight six. Oh, it's really similar. Very similar. Sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. Any, I think like ladder that you come down or if you do like a W workout where you mm -hmm. come down, go up a little bit, come down and then go back up. Like all of that builds so much speed endurance. It's so good. 
I love it. Do you like do you like climbing down? Would you prefer to start at a longer distance and climb down to a shorter distance? I do like that. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, there's times where, you know, you do your your strides before a hard workout like that. So you kind of, you don't even know you're really kind of working up. You know, you might do yeah. a hundred or a 50 meter stride and then you do a 200 or, but I do like just the mentality of knowing I'm going shorter. I'm going to try and keep that pace or get faster and it just, I think mentally you can attack it a little bit better than working up to a mile or working up to 10 minutes. Like it's, that's kind of tough to do. It is. But I, I feel like when you look on paper, when I write those workouts, and when I do ladder workouts myself, and I go, oh, this is mentally going to be easy because I'm climbing down to shorter duration. But every single time I do a ladder workout like that, it just tears you up. They are like hard. you don't realize how difficult it's going to be because it deceivingly looks like manageable on paper. And every time they just, they burn you. Yeah. You put, you put stuff already in the tank with that mile. I mean, you're already kind of exhausted from the mile and you got to keep coming back for more. Um, so yeah, they're tough, but that's my favorite workout. I love that. That's a good one. I like that. Thank you. Bracken, do you have a workout? If you just had one workout, your, uh, your all-star workout. That comes to mind? I guess my most faithful workout to tell me what kind of fitness I'm in is just eight to 10 by by thousand with 45 to 60 seconds recovery. Keep the recovery really short. Then I can't fake the workout. I know by the end exactly what kind of fitness I'm in. There's nothing sexy about that one, but I'd say if over the years, if I had one constant I could come back to, it's eight to 10 by thousand. That's a good one. That is kind of a staple workout for a lot of coaches early in the season, at least. And it's, and it's safe to do, I think, even if you had to late in the season, because it wouldn't compromise your week. Exactly. It wouldn't be a sharpening workout, but you could do it if you had to. You do it at threshold pace then? Or what kind of pace are you at? Kind of like what you described, that probably right around 15K pace, uh-huh. that, that faster end of the threshold. In yeah. theory, I should be able to run. It, in theory, I should be able to race gun to my head 10K mm-hmm. at that. Mm-hmm. But generally the way it works is I run my first two or three reps and realize I've bit off a little quicker (laughs) chunk than I wanted. And you can't fake 45 seconds to 60 seconds rest. So I also love in and outs where you go to the track or you go to the, like the river road in Minneapolis, like we have in St. Paul and you do, you know, like 30 seconds on 30 seconds off, like a fart lick. I love that. I love doing that during a long run. Or even if I just, have to get in a short workout and I only have 20 minutes. I'll do like a five minute warm up, 10 minutes of 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, and then a five minute cool down. And you get a lot of work in in a short amount mm-hmm. of time. So that's nice too. I think my workout would be uh, three, three minutes on, one minute off. Mm-hmm. As far as gauging where my fitness is, doing maybe like eight reps of that. And then at the end, you always run your, I always run my off at like eight minute pace. So it's pretty recovery, Mm -hmm. but then averaging out your three minute effort pace at the end of the workout. So three minutes on one minute's off by eight. And that always like, you can't fake that workout because recovery is, it's only a third Mm -hmm. and your average pace will tell you if you're improving or or, you know, or you're not. So I I like my three minutes on one minute off. Not, not a lot of rest for a fast runner. That's, that's eight by thousand. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It really is translates to about the same. Yeah. I would say you're going almost a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, but the nice thing about yeah. going off time is you can hit it on trails. You can hit it on treadmill. You, you can turn your mind yep. off and just have your watch beep. And I love it because you can do it with athletes on the treadmill that aren't the same pace as you, but you can just, you know, each get your own workout. And that's been my favorite thing with friends or my parents or whatever. Like we go and we're going to do eight by three minutes with one minute recovery. 
you just do your own thing, but you're all you're in sync still with each other. So it's a fun thing to do with other people. Carrie, if you had to give, uh, let's just call it like umbrella training advice to our everyday runner, do you have like any sort of, I don't know, anything you want to let them know or tell them about how you think they should be going about their training? Yeah, I think that the big thing for me is I'm not going to shy away from a 20 minute run. I know I've talked about it already, but I think a lot of people think if they don't have an hour to get in a workout, they're not going to get one in. And to me, that has been the 20 minute workout has saved my life. Like I, I am a better mom. I'm a better businesswoman. I am a better athlete right now because of the 20 minute run. I run them pretty hard. I get out, I get my sweat on, I get home and I do them probably two or three times a week. And then I do a workout, like I said, if I can and a long run and, um, it's just really saved me. So don't shy away from having those three mile runs or those two and a half mile runs or whatever 20 minutes gets you because they really are good for you and they still build you as an athlete. You know, they're, it's not wasted mileage. It's good mileage. That's right. It's skill work. Mm-hmm. The more often you do your skill, the better you get at it. Exactly. I think that's where people like middle, my middle age. Oh my gosh, I'm going there. But <laughs> yeah, um, <at> least. <laughs> I, know, I thought of that the other day. I'm like, I think I've lived half my life. Like, I don't know. It's weird. But, um, you know, I do think that people get away from that. Like they might go a week because they're so busy and they just don't have that good hour to get in a workout. I just really think even 15 minutes, like there is so good for our souls, but it's also really good. Like our mind doesn't always, I don't think our mind really knows that we did a 20 minute workout today and we did an hour tomorrow. So the 20 minute wasn't good enough. Like, I don't think that way. I just think we need to get out there and move our bodies. And the more weeks that you have that you built on each other, the better you are. If you have a week off and then you have another week off and another week off, well, guess what? You're going to have to start over again. So if you have three weeks of three 20 minute runs, you're way better off than taking a full week off. So just don't forget that it's okay to just go out there and move for a short amount of time. And, you know, I'm guarantee you'll get back out there again that week and be happy you did it. Carrie, you just reminded me of something. Mm. When we had our second child, it was a February baby. We had bad weather and we had decided we were just like close shop. The first one, we had too many people over like, no, it's just us and our babies. We're just going to spend two weeks where like after two weeks, people can come over and visit. But for those two weeks, we decided to spend as much time together as we could. And so what I did every day for two weeks is morning and night, I'd get up, I'd put my shoes on and I'd hammer out the door one mile and I'd get back in. And then at night, right before I took a shower, I'd go out the door and I'd run one mile. And so I went two weeks where, and sometimes I didn't even get the first or the second one in, but at least once per day, if not twice, I ran, I ran like five, 35 or under every (laughs) single day for two weeks. And when I got to the end of it, I resumed normal training and everything, but I felt fine. I felt sharp. I was recovering because I was only doing a mile and it wasn't all out, but it was all quick. It was all 10 K or faster. Mm -hmm. Every time I left the house, no warm up, no cool down. I just ran hard. I'd come back in gasping, starting to sweat. And then my day would continue. And it was kind of fun, but I got through a two week stretch where, like you said, I would have missed all my training. And instead I got this weird kind of snappy fitness built up that allowed me to bridge the gap. And you know, you can't do that forever, but I wouldn't prescribe it, but it was a cool break. Yeah. And it was different. So I love that. 
It's really good for listeners to hear right now because we're in the middle of winter and I hear all the time when people are done with work and they're only working with like a half an hour of daylight left and it's a huge frustration. And so people, a lot of people are reticent to run at night. Um, Right there. Did you hear what they've just been talking about? Like 20 minutes, there's no run too short. Like go out and do it. It's worth your time. You'll be better off in the future for it. I think it's a really good lesson. Yep. I want to trademark the 20 minute workout. You should. <laughs> you, you probably can. You can do it under our, our podcast umbrella. There so we, we go. Get some royalty on that. Remember, we're already making millions, Bracken. We don't need that. <laughs> That's how you keep your millions, Kirk. <laughs> okay. Anything else you guys want to want to add to our training Tuesday today? No, just keep having fun, moving your bodies. You know, I think the big thing that I've learned with losing a dear friend and Gabe Grunewald, I think when we have a healthy body or when we have the time and the energy to do it, we need to do it because life's too short. Keep moving out there. There's nothing better we could end on than that. Thank you, Carrie. The Running Public is brought to you exclusively by VJ Shoes. These shoes are off-road, trail training and racing, bulletproof, and they have the best grip on the planet. Best grip on the planet, hands down. Feet down. Feet down. Get yourself some.